Hello and welcome to Business Line podcast. This conversation you're about to hear is a part of Business Line's Table Talk series, conversations with leaders on their life and times and their businesses. In this episode, Thomas K. Thomas, Chief of News Bureau for Business Line in Mumbai, and Vinay Kamat, Senior Associate Editor, Business Line Chennai, speaks to Shogatha Gupta, Managing Director and CEO of Marico Limited. Mr. Gupta talks about how Marico pivoted during the pandemic to have more of a digital play and on the future path for the FMCG major. In this conversation, Business Line also talked to Mr. Gupta about his life inspirations, his management philosophies, and his interests beyond corporate life. Thank you for tuning in. Shavato, like we always do, let's start by uh, asking you how Marico coped the past two years during the pandemic and what are the pandemic pivots you did and uh, did you go more digital and uh, what's happened to the consumer? I mean, there are lots of cataclysmic changes I think have happened in the past uh, two years, if I may say so. So how did Marico uh, cope in the past two years? So I think uh, it's been, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's been around now. 18 months, I still remember yeah. March when somewhere mid-March things started to, and then I think 21st March, the lockdown happened. I think yeah. uh, three, four things I must say that uh, which we have seen significant changes. The first, of course, is in the area of consumer behavior uh, in terms of you know adoption of certain categories. Some are permanent, some are st- and structural, some are short-term. In certain cases, uh, like a digital uh, you know adoption and growth of e-commerce something with that could have happened in three four years has got compressed to a year uh, the second change has happened i think is that uh, a significant change is uh, in the way of working uh, things like you know working from home uh, were, uh, a, a significant amount of people changing their operating model it has also led to a uh, i think significant reappraisal of leadership and uh, the way leadership styles in terms of agility, resilience, adaptability, empathy. And lastly, what we have seen is perhaps like any other disruption, the strong gets stronger and the weak gets weaker. And therefore, wherever there's a strong brand or in a country where we have been stronger, we have actually got stronger in a place where the we are relatively weaker or a brand is weak in an existing strong country, the disruption has been large. Uh, So I think that's, uh, and the good thing was, while the second surge was far more impactful in terms of impact on people, uh, I think the coping ability of the organization was far better. And uh, because of the fact that there was a significant amount of uh, practices that were crept in in terms of you know, the entire BCP, the entire supply chain disruption that could have happened. So I think the second, uh, this one coping ability has been better. And having said that, I must say that I want to really thank every organization. They are the so-called heroes who took risk. Uh, They have taken, uh, they have gone out of the way in terms of to keep the entire organization running. And uh, I think it's, uh, and therefore for leadership, I believe for a lot of leadership, there has been tremendous learning. What they would have learned in four to five years, they would have learned during the last 18 months. 
so i think it's been a significant transformational experience for a lot of people and i would end by saying the approach to risk itself today i guess you have to embed black swan risk in the risk management itself because this was a black swan but now black swans are going to happen and you know we used to plan on a five year template three year template now you can have a plan b plan c every quarter given the current volatility so you're talking about how organization leadership everything was transformed so what was the impact on marico itself in terms of the business i know that you're seeking out seeking to become a more of a digital player and made some acquisitions in that regard and taking the organization towards a more digital future so what are the plays that you made so i think four five things i would first start off with i think uh, if you really look at it uh, the post covid era while we made an entry into health and hygiene that was a tactical entry and we realized that we don't have strong brands it's a tactical opportunity it was opportunity also to serve the nation because that was a time there was a shortage of some of the sanitizer and other products and that we made a withdrawal because we believe that once the situation normalize only strong brands will survive and there was at one point in time i was told there are some 200 players who had entered into sanitizers okay having said that i think the big play we made it into foods and we believe that one of the big shifts we had in the last you know f- uh, previous 5 to 7 years we have been dabbling in foods which were niche we now entered big categories where we believe that uh, safola has a chance of expanding the total addressable market by providing a differentiated or better for you product and uh, wherever there was a single incumbent with high market share uh, we believe that there was an opportunity to enter such categories where we can make a difference and get scale quickly so we went into honey we went into chavan brush soya nuggets and now we have gone into oodles and i think so one of the biggest drive, i think platforms of our diversification agenda is foods where we plan to we are extremely confident of getting close to 500 crores this by the end of this year and hitting aspiring to get into 850000 crores by 2024 the second area where we are looked into which is not a diversity way of working is i think a significant amount of uh, you know simplification covid taught us forced us to do simplification because when the factories were not running at full capacity we were running higher uh, you know the larger squs to drive productivity so we took this exercise to actually reduce 26% of squs in the system and also this work from home uh, working with a constraint capacity has forced us to simplify things and have stop you know what i call nice to do things in the organization and there is a beauty of simplicity and a hidden cost of complexity and i think uh, whether it's standardization of chassis standardization of ingredients uh, uh, standardization of ways of working so i think simplification is one more which will have long term help in agility long term help in also costs and that is one area we have looked at the third thing is we talked about digital i think digital there are two things which we have noticed one obviously people going much to e-commerce or converting to e-commerce then the first thing that happened was people converting from traditional model uh, some part of traditional trade but the biggest shift happened from i would say organized retail brick and mortar to e-commerce because people were not wanting to travel that distances there was social distancing norm and so therefore e-commerce took you know but i think more than just e-commerce i think the entire thing of automation digital adoption so therefore a consumer might buy from a local kirana using a whatsapp today or an app so i think this entire transformation or digitization of the uh, you know the digital adoption of the thing is a big change and that is a significant structural change and we have been investing ahead of the curve 
it has also led to a growth in e-commerce and some of the d2c brands a uh, consumer behavior shift have, has happened where a lot of personal care buying has happened either to e-commerce or chemist outlets which got opened the other area i see a significant transformation that has happened in the organization and in the sector is the entire area of logistics if you look at a lot of pe driven new age logistics players uh, the traditional role of distribution has changed because it's earlier the distributor was all encompassing which is taking order fulfilling order giving credit now a lot of these work a taking of order can be through a telecalling or through an app hypothetically the fulfillment of an order from a retailer can be through a third party provider so i think the entire traditional distribution system has gone you know transformed and uh, what we are, what is heartening in india is despite all the you know predictions about you know the traditional retail will die i think the traditional retail has really you know survived and it's really you know it's you know, flourishing in this news and you know especially in the current scene so in india it's an and strategy and not an or strategy so i would say these are the four five, four five areas where the organization is uh, transforming itself and i think it as i talked to you about earlier is we now see a new set of leadership a leadership with grit leadership with agility adaptive leadership and leadership with empathy and i think the new set of leaders which will emerge in terms of of uh, because of this last 18 months uh, they have practiced a new you know a new set of leadership under very challenging circumstances and it will i think they will emerge as much more stronger and resilient leaders so let me just change tack and go do a flashback in time for you and ask you about your growing up years so my father was in the central government so we traveled quite a bit but a significant portion of my time we spent in calcutta where i did a most of my schooling again as you know i'm i'm a pretty if you look at my career and everything i that way i'm a very boringly consistent person i studied in uh, school uh, the same school most of the years except in the early years where i was in assam we were posted in uh, shillong and tezpur and then uh, so it most of the school went into this uh, school called calcutta boys school it's a reasonably famous school in calcutta and as a good thing is we made great friends in fact we still meet of course that's thanks to i guess uh, post covid era we have a zoom call religiously that some 20 of us friends every sunday evening at 8 o'clock and and that shows how relationships still last although a lot of them stay abroad a lot of them i mean in different parts of the world but i think schools you make great relationship i did experiment like you know with one uh, hostel which was a you know ramakrishna mission hostel for 5 days i survived 5 days you know and i said this was so i still remember in Cal, uh, in class 11 because my father was uh, moving to delhi and therefore i wanted to continue there so i i think and uh, the 5 days i decided that was not my cup of tea it was a slightly different lifestyle you know, or sense of you know discipline if you call it and i came back to school and after that i went into iit kharagpur so funnily enough uh, you know whatever you know as you know those days everybody wanted to become a engineer or a doctor or a chartered accountant we never had uh, such uh, options today and i must say that today so many options you can you know if you are good in sports you are good in music you are good in i think there's far more uh, and people have the liberty to explore a lot of options so i remember it was just you know i was a science student and 
I, I think my dad wanted to be a doctor. I realized that's not my cup of tea. So one good thing I have done is in my life, I've always made choices what I wanted. Okay. And uh, similarly, after, you know, in IIT, I did uh, in IIT Kharagpur and I went, a lot of my batchmates went to US. So that was expected. I didn't want to do it. I didn't do it. And then I went into I am straight away. I didn't work. I was a fresher into I am Bangalore. There also I wanted to do marketing, FMCG. I chose marketing. I remember my father wanted to join, join you know, wanted me to join civil services. I am the only private sector guy in my entire family. It's full of civil servants and the most experimentative has been going into public sector banks. People have done in my or doctors. So I am the only, you know, what I it's you know kind of a person who's experimented. And therefore, I think good thing is that and and that has. Uh, let me to a belief that I always do things and this is my personal belief that you should do things what you are good at and you you like doing it and a career has to be something where it has to you know it has to be a you know converse convergence of something which you are good at and something which you like doing because if you like doing something and you're not good at it better be a hobby and there is no point trying to under peer pressure I know a lot of people under peer pressure choose careers which they might not like doing, they might be good at it. But at the end of the day, you know, when you are spending a significant portion of your life, and I, of course, uh, don't have the luxury of retiring at 40, you know. So if you spend 35, 40, 35 years of your life, you better do something which you love doing. Today, there are a lot of options for youngsters to pick from. Uh, if you were in a position today, would you have gone to a different route? I mean, would something like entrepreneurship uh, you know, every young, bright, smart youngster who's coming out of, you know, they're looking at to become an entrepreneur. So uh, do you think that's something that would have excited you? Yeah, I think so. I believe a biggest reason professional managers uh, are traditionally risk averse. And I think, uh, and if you see today, uh, I think the biggest entrepreneurs are coming from IITs today. And I'm, yes, obviously, I think uh, the ecosystem would have encouraged it. Uh, and uh, I would have gone for, I think, to me, an MBA was a safe option again, isn't it? And as I said, that you can be an entrepreneur any time in life. And uh, and I, I believe that uh, people who have taken that risk, but I believe entrepreneur again shouldn't be out of fashion, but it should have, you should have the conviction and the passion to do it. And I was, you know, yesterday talking about entrepreneurs uh, have three models, which is built to sell, built to scale and built to last. And I like entrepreneurs who are, to actually do something which is built to scale and built to last. Is it uh, still on your agenda? I mean, one in your next stint after Marico, is that something that you would be? Maybe helping them. I mean, but I might not. Uh, but definitely, you know, if one to, I think the good thing about, uh, see, I, I must say this, you know, I always tell this that the saddest thing about, uh, see, engineering teaches you a lot on, you know, the way you think and process a solution. Engineering thing, engineering teaches you analytics. Uh, of course, uh, I must say the only uh, place I, I my engineering is used that when R and D tells me something or when I go to a factory operation tells me something, it makes sense. You know, it I I I can make something about it. But otherwise, you know, I haven't used my engineering. So the first time, I think uh, I'm very excited, especially in the world of digital, like analytics and all. And I am a reasonably while not I'm, I'm not a techie but i love analytics for example and that's something because of my 
you know i used to love maths physics and it's you know unfortunately i, I hardly use it but whatever and i think uh, to me this entire digital world has given me a significantly a new sense of you know learning and it is it's something new to learn i have really picked up i am very passionate about it i am one of the reasons i believe that marico is uh, you know driving and ahead of the curve as far as d- digital is concerned is because the senior management has adopted it and is passionate about it and you know it has to need top management sponsorship for this change management to thrive because it's also a significant cultural change in the organization you know the way digital brands operate and new traditional brands operate and i think at this stage in life i'm enjoying it i'm loving this and and i'm learning like as if i am a student so did you have a young understudy to actually take you through social media and you know what how to leverage social media i am not good at leveraging social media firstly but let me tell you something that yes we had a we had a process called a reverse mentoring in our organization called uh, bottoms up where we had some youngsters uh, making people at least the senior management digitally savvy in my case uh, i think i had a yeah, she did try to make me digitally savvy may have been see i am reasonably digitally savvy when it comes to my own this one i might not be social media savvy but that's got to do with the way i am but i think what has happened is thanks to beardo uh, thanks to now this just herbs and thanks to some of the digital brands and i think i have learned a lot from the ecosystem uh, i think that's helping me and it's and as i said i am learning as a student and learning as a student is very very exciting you know it's every day i get you know excited learning about new things there also when you join icici approved it was it was like a startup then right in 2000 absolutely so i'm sure that experience there has also sort of uh, you know i you talked about agility agility and you know uh, being more fast paced in 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 marico today yeah. but probably though that's thing there sort of prepared you for what what you are doing today right yeah absolutely i think uh, it was very exciting i must say because i think uh, that time icici under mr kamath uh, it was very aggressive it was investing ahead of the curve this was a startup from scratch the team came from different uh, you know companies and we became leaders very soon and i think it was an exciting journey it, it clearly and that experience that three years i think had been a significant learning for me and to me i think that has been a, a great stint and then i realized okay i love consumer goods i wanted to come back to this area but definitely as a leader it has helped me tremendously so along the way uh, who do you say you benefited most from in terms of the mentorship that was given to you so i think uh, i have had the opportunity of working with uh, very good people uh, right through and i have uh, learned a lot i think my uh, i i was i must share that you know i was i was happy i was lucky to be involved in the cadbury's dairy milk iconic ad and i was the brand manager for dairy milk then and it makes me so happy that they recreated this ad uh, right now so i think you i have learned my yeah yeah that time yeah so when this the ad was filmed yeah yeah i was the brand manager which yes. is now iconic yeah that's right so okay. as i said it's a right opportunity it's a great learning and i think i have learned my love for advertising and this one has come a lot from piyush for example and those were the heydays of ogilvy and as i said i learned so each i think stint uh, i learned a lot uh, i was with cadbury uk for some time and i think it was a, a big uh, this one for getting into a multicultural uh, 
environment uh, while cadbury's was a multinational uh, the icici approved was a jv and you know marico was an indian company so there three different constructs of organizations uh, marico has been my longest stint and i think uh, have uh, it gives me a deep sense of satisfaction i think when i entered the company it was uh, turnover of around 650 700 crores today we are going to hit 10000 crores next year in the last 6 years when i took over we had a market cap of 13 and 1/2000 crores today we are hit at we have hit 10 billion dollars so it's been a satisfaction journey and to me i think uh, i have been very lucky to have uh, good mentors at every point and uh, i think uh, that gives an i have been also as i said if you see compared to a lot of careers today it has been a reasonably boring career so i have been uh, so i i believe in focus i believe in what i call stability so i have been like that of course having said that there are a lot of my batchmates who have stayed in one organization also couple of my batchmates so i was catching up on of your earlier initial interviews you said that you know uh, you found the organization uh, you know sort of a brahmanical outfit and you wanted to infuse satriyata into the whole organization so how did you go about doing that i think uh, let me tell you i think two three things uh, i think the organization uh, was uh, if you look at the organization the growths were at 2 3 4% uh, i think there was a i think we good brands good people but uh, i believe it uh, lacked a little bit of bias for action and aggressiveness uh also perhaps uh, we were not see then in an fmcg ultimately you have to work with the you know best partners because the ecosystem is very very critical whether it's the distribution partners whether the advertising partners whether it's a, uh, whether it's the vendors who support you in packaging is your the guys who different design and i think uh, as an organization we were not leveraging that ecosystem i would say and uh, similarly i think uh, we were in a little bit of a commodity to brands mindset in terms of pricing ability to take some big leaps and i think to me uh, and uh, when you thought of marico when i entered 2004 people talked about marico hr marico sales and if it's an fmcg organization they have to talk about the marketing and the quality of you know brands and the work they do and i i think uh, so when i started i think Uh, we set ourselves for a task that that in the next you know 365 days what do we do for ourselves you know in those times i remember uh, if great brands used to say that can we win a great can we win an fe can we do some great new launches so i think that sense of uh, infusing a sense of sense of purpose and pride into the organization and i think one more thing i believe this bias for action and that i was glad that within 8 months when we had a reappraisal of values bias for action came as one of the values of the organization which is not present there so you uh, shogoto you went to some of the best schools you, you know iit kharagpur iit and iim and so uh, how do, how do they both compare i mean in terms of the teaching and the learnings and uh, uh, the skills that you picked up and i know they're complementary but which would you say were the best years of your life there are two different sets i think in iit you meet the most brilliant set of individuals you know and i think you stay four years it's a very interesting place kharagpur is the middle of nowhere so you end up practically 
you know just spending all your time in the campus out there and i think uh, you really get access to a far more heterogeneous and a differentiated set of people in iim you see a far more homogeneous people only difference is a set of freshers and those who are work ex perhaps you become a little more uh, oriented into jobs uh, uh, how much you want to how much you are earning and i must say this of course this has now set in iit also i mean if you look at today that campus placement during our time we were not so bothered actually you know about although we wanted uh, jobs obviously it's not that we didn't want job but i think there was a far more uh, so and i would say the iit you met a significant uh, differently completely different set of people and in terms of i think uh, if you want to call on a brilliance quotient i think iitians you know you get to see more you know those set of people in i am i guess it's a four of a finishing school in some way so yeah. today they're talking about a lot of interdisciplinarity in engineering rather than the silo the silo that your perhaps your batches were put in so just do you have any thoughts on that you know what uh... absolutely i think uh, the indian education system which our old system that is of course it's changing significantly by rote and uh, very very analytical see it doesn't uh, necessarily drive uh, out of the box thinking sometimes i know what happens is if you really look at uh, the typical profile of indian leadership and i must say indian leadership is uh, one of the best in class because we are you know in terms of this one but the only perhaps area where indian leadership can do little more is in the area of uh, and which is only happening today you know i am talking of leadership that developed 20 25 years ago is in terms of out of the box thinking a little bit on social sciences so therefore you know while we are great in iq we are some sometimes some of the leaders are not the best in eq uh, or what i call sq which is a social quotient so i think uh, the holistic education uh, is important the other thing is everybody has a passion for example i like history you know now i did i get the chance to you know take a minor in history out in iit no i would have so i think everybody has the passion so i think the education system i am glad today there is you know this uh, this entire thing of you know the education system with some of the new universities that have opened up and uh, if you see the where people can take you know liberal arts social sciences and that makes a individual far more holistic you know and you become a far more perhaps a you know what i call a composite leader and that helps and number 2 is i think uh, it's very very important uh, for people to develop a hobby develop a passion do something which you and i talked about that if something which you love might not be the world's best at and i think that education system should be encouraging that the other thing i would say that there has to be much more investment in quality of faculty quality of research and uh, if you really look at it i believe that a lot of the alumni has a duty to give back to the institute for you if you see the endowment funds which us colleges have compared to that what you know some of the indian colleges have and i think uh, that can attract a better quality faculty and better quality you know research which also helps in the furthering of education because i believe uh, 
and i was just seeing a recent study other than the top 3 4 us colleges iits produces the largest number of innovators and i think it's and uh, the cost of saying that and it's not that other colleges don't but i think there is something magical in the iits okay so just to again switch tracks and bring you back to present day uh, to mariko Uh, you were saying that uh, you've been quoted as saying you want to build a portfolio of uh, you know uh, 300 crore digital brands in the next few years so which are these and how do you propose to actually tread that path so let me just first give you a background why we are saying so i think if you really look at uh, i think one is of course there is a larger game plan of diversification of our business so that we reduce our dependence on our two core parachute coconut oil and safol edible oil because they have been the core having said that they are not going to be the while they will grow at a certain pace if we have certain growth ambitions they are not going to fuel the growth of the future and therefore to make the organization future ready we identified three areas one is uh, entire premiumization journey in personal care uh, the second is food and the third is digital brands and there's a significant convergence between premiumization personal care and digital brands if you see in the last 4 5 years what has happened is a lot of uh, growth that has happened in modern trade and especially e-commerce and d2c has been through entrepreneur driven brands so there's a market that exists uh, traditional fmcg players have been slow to capitalize on it because of two reasons one if you look at a business model a business model is built for scale a business model is built on a certain pace of innovation it is based on a repeatable model of growth and it is based on a certain kind of a process now d2c brands which have exploited and the growth of e-commerce and modern trade have also funneled some of these brands you know in the entrepreneur space they have a far more high velocity of innovation they do you know what we call the tail of our sqs which i talked about rationalization for them that is the core and uh, their pace of innovation is very high they take small bets uh, what i call test and learn continuous test and learn mode there were different set of processes systems uh, uh, far fluidity ambiguity now what we realize is that these two models can't coexist together so we started off by acquiring brands so beardo we acquired a first minority stake and now we have a 100% stake then we have acquired just herbs but we have started now building something organically we have two brands one is called coco soul one is called uh, pure sense and there is another brand called fitify now some of them will grow see one of the other things is that you must have an appetite higher appetite for failure but what we are trying to do i was talking yesterday with someone some investors that the best thing i did about beardo uh, when it got integrated is not doing anything about beardo so we let them continue with their own model uh, own so the only three things we look at is compliance capital and quality because capital and uh, quality and compliance gives reputation and capital allocation the rest we leave it to them i meet the beardo ceo once in 3 months that's about it we have kept the kept the business in amdavad and not brought to mumbai dal so best thing we have done is not to mariconize beardo and similar thing with just herbs with a majority stake we have let the founders with a minority stake run it we said let you because you know the business best we want to learn from you but we don't want to interfere day to day but we want to add value to you whenever you want it the tap is open you want to open the tap you take it so i think we believe that between all these uh, beardo is expected to hit 100 crores Uh, run rate and when i talk about run rate we talk about nr unfortunately we can't talk about gmv because then beardo will hit 200 perhaps but uh, so between beardo just herbs and maybe one or two 
organic uh, brands we should be having three definitely 100 crore plus brands by 2024 and to me this plus the food journey which is we are uh, that 850000 crore that will change the actually the profile of the portfolio of marico and make it future ready in the years to come so you then can't be called a foods company or how how do you define marico then so i think uh, we are a beauty wellness and foods company right thomas good yeah so gato uh, since uh, you you spoken about uh, startups how they have impacted you uh, are you looking at uh, you know are there more startups in this space where you are that interests you and who are doing some dis- i mean startups and tech companies are disrupting a whole lot of segments so do you see any interesting uh, you know uh, guys doing stuff where you think you could acquire or you know sort of uh, uh, do what you did with uh, beardo and secondly uh, uh, you know with with your existing acquisitions do you plan to stay invested or do you think you would at some point bring in new investors exit this how do you see this space so let me answer the second question first i think as i said we believe in building to last and therefore anything we have acquired will grow and there will there is no question of uh, getting in new investors or you know we are not doing for valuation or anything we are doing for uh, future proofing marico so that the marico of 2030 is completely different from the marico of 2020 uh, as regards uh, you know obviously we are looking at interesting spaces we are looking at uh, both personal care primarily personal care some foods uh, to uh, and i think having done a lot of acquisitions we now know what works what doesn't work and uh, we will continue to look at uh, acquisitions in this space and i believe that uh, obviously uh, startups and entrepreneurs have two options one to grow with uh, peas and one to grow with strategics and i think uh, in terms of and both have a role to play and i believe uh, given the way we you know we partner with uh you know founders be it the beardo example or just for herbs example i think we are a great strategic partner for founders to have to scale up the business and add value to the business and today i must say with a deal of significant amount of pride is we are up the curve on digital capability are we i mean we have miles to go but i think as a you know as a team i think we are pretty you know i think we are moving up the learning curve and therefore we can also start adding value uh, what marico thrives marico has been successful in the past by punching above its weight so as we scale up we are at 10 billion dollar market cap and uh, almost you know going to hit 10000 hopefully next year 22 23 uh, but we want to remain a scaled insurgent in our mindset and not be incumbent and something and i personally two things we hate is bureaucracy and political you know political cultures and these are the two things will never happen in very okay so on that note can i ask you what is your leadership style i mean are you a hands off manager hands on you like to delegate and get, just get the job done so i think uh, my leadership style has uh, changed over the years and i think uh, uh, i would i would say right now the way i look at it three things i think first i have an adaptive style of leadership depending on the situation i am a governor or a general or a soldier because in today's world you can't say that i will remain a governor throughout my life okay second i like people who work for me i have an empowering style my job is to give ideas uh, 
I think if somebody working with me expects parenting, uh, tough luck. I, 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 you can parent at home, not in office. You, you uh, my job is. Huh? You won't offer tough love either. Yeah, tough love is fine, but parenting is different in the sense that uh, I'll tell you what I think. My job is to give ideas and offer you resources. I also expect not to just come up with the problems, but three solutions, and therefore I can help you form the solution together. So one of the things I hate is somebody coming with a. I I always say, have a generative dialogue with me on a solution, and don't come with a. you know completely like if i give this analogy of a chef you know if in a hierarchy if everybody wants to complete a cooked meal and show it upstairs what happens if the chef doesn't the head chef doesn't love it you start cooking the meal so i believe is to cook the meal together and i favor much more a generative dialogue rather than uh, you know trying to so i hate i i think i am a little impatient guy i don't like long winded presentations and lastly one thing i hate politics i am very open and transparent sometimes it's better to tell a spade a spade and uh, but at the same time i believe in high degree of fairness and consistency and perhaps uh, one more area which i encourage and this one in the team is high level of meritocracy and outcome i believe you know a lot of time people say potential 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 it's a very good thing when you are a junior or a middle manager at senior management you have to deliver potential has to translate into outcomes you can't say that you know i have potential but no outcomes so i am a and i think that is this is one belief system that has changed in me now that effort yes is good but ultimately outcomes matter and i think as long as outcomes have to be done the right way and uh, therefore i per, my personal philosophy is never sacrifice the long term for the short term you have to balance everything you have to balance the short term and the long term you have to balance speed with excellence you have to balance process with empowerment but as long as you don't compromise the long term for the short term you have to also do both so i think uh, this concept of polarity management i believe in quite a bit that polarity management that any if you are a leader you have to constantly balance you can't say i am like i one of the arguments i have with a lot of people the speed with excellence that you know if you want the perfect job it will take you know four more weeks but i believe that that's not what today's startups do they get 90% say you are, you can do things with and i believe that 80% 90% has to be logic but 20% has to be magic but you have to do it with speed so where do you get your inspirations from and your ideas i mean is it through reading or listening to people or you have an executive coach or where do you get your so i used to have a coach i don't have a coach right now so i think a lot of the ideas come from meeting people uh, uh am i a i'm not a voracious reader of management books but i read far more selected articles so i am subscribed to i think most of the whether it's the mbb consulting stuff or some of the things from harvard kellogg this one so i in my inbox they get crowded i use sometimes saturday sundays sometimes you know early mornings and this one so i read i am but i don't i must admit that i don't read uh, 15 management books as such but i read some of these articles as uh, i you know some of the economist new york times some a lot of papers i go through now fortunately everything is digital so it uh, you can do it anytime anywhere 
and therefore a lot of i know a lot of ideas come from people you know i meet people get some ideas you know, talk to analysts talk to investors talk to some people in the you know some mna guys so i think a lot of just ideas come i still uh, even if i am watching an ipl match i will still watch advertising the reason is to say that okay this is a nice ad and i then tell my people and okay this is a nice ad what about you know so i think for me i am reasonably curious till at my age and uh, in fact one of the things we do as a team and try to do as a team is keep on asking this question how many times in a month or a week you say i don't know tell me more and i have made a mistake and let me learn from it so i think that is something we try to imbibe are we perfect we are not we are far from perfect but that's something we do and if i am healthy i want intend to work till 70 75 that i am clear i might not be doing the same thing but i think i would i would love right. to do some work that entrepreneurship thomas talked about so but i wanted to uh, understand how you are looking at the entire topic of esg into you know developing future products right so i mean whether it is saving water or using less oil uh how much of what you are uh, in terms of developing for the future of, amongst your product portfolio uh is uh, centered around this environment and uh, you know usage of less water less oil or you know that kind of stuff so let me start off by saying that i think we started off as an organization uh with uh, harsh also believing in the concept of and the leadership believing in the concept of conscious capitalism so we believe that if you do good uh good comes to you and the biggest example of good and i'm not talking about first packaging or this one is the entire work we are doing with coconut farmers you know uh years ago and as it as early as 2006 us we started disintermediating where we started buying directly from the farmers and giving them the same price as i would have started buying from brokers and therefore they were you know getting all the entire margin and therefore now we are doing this very interesting work called a uh, uh, project kalpavriksha with farmers primarily in tn where we are working together to improve productivity we are also helping them on water because water uh, you know water is uh, very very important in terms of you know given the fact that sometimes there has been you know some frequent years of you know in scanty rainfall in some of the markets so the first thing is we have partnered a lot so therefore it is embedded in our system as regards the uh, Uh, our products are concerned i think one of the things we like to do is if you look at our products most of our products are do good uh 95% of the products are do good natural uh uh coconut of course is, i mean as you know is the goodness of coconut it's a super food it's good for everything it's good as a food it's good for certain other aspects uh i think we have a conscious this one on packaging uh we are going to be pvc free by next year almost we are now 97.9% pvc free only 5% of our uh, packaging is recyclable and we hope by in the next uh, couple of years that will that needle will be able to move we uh, measure something called uh, you know amount of plastic packaging per ml and we are one of the lowest in the industry on that uh, we are participating in the responsible end use and i think uh, one of the things we are also doing in our food is any product we design is better for you look at oodles uh, oodles are oodles is no maida uh, our honey is nmr tested and pure so i think anything we do is better for you and to me that is also into sustainability and natural. so it's built into our system the other thing which we are now doing is a lot of our new factories and everything i think this entire thing on energy 
water uh, we are net positive on water is all built in into all our capexes when we design factories we ensure that and there is tremendous amount of pride in the organization as you know that in the crisil recently announced crisil index uh, we have scored the highest in terms of esg scores uh, there is a lot of pride internally and also in the what i find very heartening is a new set of younger generation has far more consideration for the environment and sustainability and it is a it attracts talent it retains talent it builds internal pride so esg is something which uh, i think right now is something which and i have developed interest on the way as a senior management we are passionate about it and we are committed to it and the other difference is in marico we believe is uh, what you promise what you deliver and deliver what you promise so i think that's what we believe in as far as esg is concerned so what are the objectives of this kalpavriksha program it's basically uh, it started off by looking at how do you improve farmer income in line with the government and therefore we are working with farmers to improve uh, productivity of coconuts but as you know that coconut is a slightly you know the cycle of the crop it's a perennial crop but the cycle is for example we had a cyclone gaja which uh, you know destroyed a lot of so we are looking at farm practices automation and other things to so ultimately we believe that it will significantly improve farmers income the coconut farmers income and mm-hmm. and most of the things we are doing is in tn so just reading from your question i mean your answer about uh, coconut and all that so why does india uh, experience edible oil shock so often in the price of edible oil so because of the net importer no? india is a huge importer and uh, what happens is if you look at today uh, in edible oil whether it's soya sun there is a significant uh, area where there's a crop failure the other thing which is an edible oil is uh, i think something is structural see it's a very complicated subject let me tell you it will take half an hour to one hour to explain to you there is also conversion that happens from edible oil some of the vegetable oil to biod as a biodiesel so there is always this supply demand uh, and the all the edible oil supply demand networks are extremely sensitive like for example there could be a crop failure sometimes in a certain area there could be so if you look at there's one is russia ukraine there is on south america there is us this so there are dif- so it's a complex mechanism that happens india is a net importer and a significant amount is imported and therefore unless uh, it be, uh, and i think the government has started a process in which to you know significantly start edible oil uh, you know production and uh, this one and uh, grow this one in india vegetable oil and to me that we should be that that is very very critical because the import bill is very huge and in today of course the added to that because of covid and this so there is the issue of huge inflation in freight so ocean freight has gone up so there are a lot of you know vagaries of that and i believe it is extremely important and i am very glad that the government is now supporting uh, two things they have done in a short term they have taken some duties off so hopefully the inflation will cool off and secondly the long term which is this entire edible oil you know growing you know encouraging edible oil agriculture in india and i think that will be a very good thing for the country but i want to uh, get a uh, view of from you on how do you see the current macroeconomic situation uh, panning out do you think that uh, the worst is behind us and you know people are uh, talking about uh, you know growth coming back and the animal spirits coming back and uh, uh, corporate earnings going back to 10 12% uh, are you sort of uh, agreeing in agreement with that kind of a sentiment so i think uh, 
two good two good things i think one is the vaccination pace has been good and uh, the way it has picked up in the last uh, couple of weeks i believe even if there is a third surge at all it will be mild but i mean i'm just guessing uh, second thing is uh, i think most of it is open up the economy is opened up although the recovery is still k shaped uh, i think two three things are very very important uh, i think there has been a lot of uh, talk i uh, think uh, i think focus in terms of getting investment and uh, whether the pli schemes getting foreign investment uh, getting investment into manufacturing which will lead to job creation it will lead to private consumption because that is if one area where private consumption has not really exactly grown uh, the second uh, i think the big uh, Uh, if is of course if inflation there is a food inflation there is a crude and if they are stabilized so i believe that things will uh, continue to uh, be better and uh, i am hopeful that uh, i think the worst definitely is behind us but the pace of economic recovery if a combination of vaccination investment but to me the long term employment creation and long term investment into manufacturing whether it's in you know electronics whether it's in some of the sectors where the government is encouraging whether it's in ev auto auto components and all this i think that is critical for because the demographic dividend which we have will be able to leverage only if there is significant job creation so again uh, switching tacks uh, let me ask uh, you sure with what uh, what do you do beyond marico i mean what are your hobbies and what are your interests and so i have started golf i must admit i uh, so i think i try to keep physically fit although i am not a completely gym buff but yeah, i mean i do but i think uh, some of the other things i do i love traveling unfortunately uh, covid has in, in spite of that i have actually traveled i did a last year in spite of covid i did a long long kind of a work vacation in maldives uh were there okay. and i so traveling is a big thing i was a huge traveler i can't believe you did any work there i did so that's what i talked about work life i used to work till 12 o'clock every day okay and then it's a start off at 6:30 the day and so it's okay. it's interesting and it worked perfectly well so you know uh so i and i i am i love music uh, of course uh, i used to learn the keyboard i have left uh, and uh, there was a disruption i remember and after that i didn't quite uh, get back on it uh, i am a i do lot of binge watching you know on weekends and when i start binge watching it's crazy amount of binge watching you know lots to binge so watch you talked about and it it can be anything it could be recently i did news room i did morning news i did a binge watching on something else uh, so it's a pretty uh, i am a real uh, this one buff of so i must be a big netflix and amazon prime and this one consumer so uh so that's what i do i am a reasonably and i'm also i like to spend time with my family uh, quite a bit uh so that's about it it's a reasonable and uh, the good thing thanks to covid has happened suddenly you have you, a lot of people who were not in touch with nowadays you are in touch with you know as i said one of the things which i look forward to is of uh, 15 20 of my school friends who every day religiously every sunday at 8 o'clock we do uh, some of my world uh, you know old work colleagues 
you know you know there is this group and part of the startup team and i say i say we also similarly chat up every week actually religiously again so i think that's about it. it's nothing very exciting so uh, that's uh, that's that's how i spend the day but i'm uh, i'm a reasonably you know what i call maybe extrovert at work introvert in life you yeah. know so thomas any wrap up question do you have yeah just uh, one maybe final thoughts on sogato way uh, from here on where do you, where would you like marico to be say two or three years down the line uh, in terms of you mentioned that you hope to hit 10000 crores uh, sometime next year uh, so what's your sort of vision for the next two to three years i think uh, i always wanted to marico to be in the top quartile in terms of growth growth is something that gives excitement but i think uh, to me the biggest thing will be while we continue to grow the core uh, and we want to be boringly consistent with the core is this we are excited about uh, three four things one is our diversification uh, we are excited about uh, the fact that you know international business is one of the most stable international businesses we have and it is high growing uh, i think esg uh, and two of the other things we are, i personally am passionate about is the entire of esg and diversity and digital these three areas we are focusing on so therefore if we make if we are seen as leading edge in all of these i think we are it's a job well done i think that brings us to the end of our conversation for now and thank you so much for spending the time with us absolutely If you like what you heard share the link check out our site thehindubusinessline.com and watch our videos on youtube.com/thehindubusinessline that is youtube.com/thehindubusinessline thank you for tuning in you'll hear more from us next time